Hello friends, thank you for pressing play. I'm your host Jim Grant. This is Beyond the News here on Bexhill Online and I'll be giving you a rundown for the next hour of some of the more crazier bits of mainstream news that perhaps haven't made the television, all from the likes of The Guardian, The Independent and other mainstream sources from around the world. So here's what we've got coming up on today's show. We're going to be looking at how the founder of Planned Parenthood uh, Margaret Sanger has finally been outed as a massive racist with her, uh, I believe she had ties to Hitler. More on Ghislaine Maxwell and the Epstein situation with the shooting of the judge. Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson send pizzas to victims of sex trafficking. Vivian Westwood suspends herself 10 feet in the air to uh, protest Julian Assange's treatment. The arrest warrant for Trump issued to Interpol and a variety of other things coming up on today's show. Let's go to our first article here today. This is from the New York Post, and it's from the 22nd of July. This is being recorded on the last day of July. You should be hearing it on Bexhill Online the first week of August. Thank you for tuning in. Planned Parenthood finally admits that its founder was a horrific bigot. Planned Parenthood is finally removing the name of Margaret Sanger, its founder, from its Manhattan clinic, ending decades of denial about her horrid racist views. Yeah, it was, a lot of people would say it's a conspiracy theorist that she was a racist and all things like that, but it's on record that she had uh, some extremely dubious associates. Just four years ago, the Planned Parenthood Federation of America did admit it was wrong of the Sanger to speak to the Ku Klux Klan in 1926 and to support the sterilisation of the disabled and placing so-called illiterates, paupers, unemployables, criminals, prostitutes and don't feeds on farms and in open spaces as long as necessary for the strengthening and development of moral conduct. But it refused to confront her words such as the most urgent problem today is how to limit and discourage the overfertility of the mentally and physically defective. It also downplayed her support for Buck versus Bell, the 1927 Supreme Court decision that declared constitutional the forced sterilisation of the unfit. That ruling allowed the maiming via involuntary hysterectomy of thousands of black women in the Jim Crow South. So, if I'm reading it right, that's what she considered the unfit. The physically unfit and the physically defective were black women. So, uh, yeah, I'd say she was pretty racist, wouldn't you? So, it's good to see that the, uh, the Planned Parenthood has finally admitted that its founder was what she was. Moving on. This is another New York Post article by David Meyer, July the 19th. Oh, the Planned Parenthood article, that was from July the 22nd. Ghislaine Maxwell reportedly thinks Epstein was murdered, fears the same fate. Do you think so? I'm regarding that comment to he was murdered. If any of you want to know any more about my thoughts on this, I've gone into it for a whole hour on a... Um, or maybe an hour and a half on a special podcast I recorded called uh, Just Lay Maxwell and Other Falling Masks. You can go look that up on Jim Grant Comedy. <laughs> Not a massively hilarious video, I'll be honest with you. The uh, subject matter that we were covering, myself and uh, Mr. Craig Campbell. But yes, you can look at that for yourself. And I've got numerous mainstream articles. I just wanted to reassure our listeners that, yeah, we're keeping on top of that and to, I haven't mentioned it on previous shows, mainly because I did that hour and a half.
half long special on it but that's something keeping an eye on I don't think she's going to be bumped off I, for a variety of reasons I lay out in the video or at least suicided I think if she's bumped off it's a it's a shower shiving job I would have thought something a little less obvious but this whole thing with Epstein who knows because uh, if you do listen to my cruise podcast I called on air I said when we were recording I said there's no way the guy that shot the judge is going to see a trial and uh, an hour later it broke yeah this story 20th of July suspects who shot family of judge on DB Jeffrey Epstein case found dead after apparent suicide uh, DB, I do believe, refers to Deutsche Bank. I'm going from memory there, based on what I know about. Yes, Deutsche Bank investors. So there we are. An attorney suspected of shooting the judge of... Sorry. The, an attorney suspected of shooting the family of Judge Esther Salas has been found dead of gunshot wounds in a vehicle in Rockland, New York, according to authorities who believe the wounds were self-inflicted. The man was found dead in a car on Route 17 in Sullivan County wearing a FedEx uniform, law enforcement sources have told local media. He was reportedly an attorney whose case was heard by Salas in 2015. So, hmm, there you go. We shall see if... Um, we shall see if there's more to that story than meets the eye. I do believe that there is. Sadly, yes, for the family. Uh, the gunman who attacked Salas's family was also wearing a FedEx uniform when he knocked on their door Sunday evening around five and reportedly used an ordinary car when he fled the scene. Mark Andral, Salas's husband, was first to be shot upon answering the door, followed by the couple's son, Daniel Andral. Salas, who was in the basement at the time, was not hurt. So I think... Uh, I think he muffed that up. And FedEx, I don't know about American deliveries, but FedEx doesn't usually come around 5pm, does it? So uh, maybe New York, he had to, took him that while to get across New York traffic. But usually they uh, deliver in the mornings, don't they, if they're anything like their UK counterparts. But eh, what do I know? Uh, just my thoughts on that. So I think that goes into a, a much, much deeper... Um, spider web of what was going on with the Epstein situation that uh, probably well I don't know perhaps I shouldn't say that 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 has caught up in that spider web Prince Andrew hasn't it we've uh, we've all heard the jokes and seen the memes online with the pubs called the the Duke of Edinburgh and a little joke at the bottom under 18s welcome and such things. Not my jokes, I've just seen those memes on Facebooks. But who knows what really goes on? Everyone has the right to innocent until proven guilty. But this is an article from the 10th of June. Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson send pizzas to victims of sex trafficking and exploitation. Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson has reportedly been showing their support for victims of sexual abuse amid the FBI's ongoing investigation into the Duke of York's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. According to Harper Bazaar's royal editor Omid Scobie, Prince Andrew has been volunteering with his ex-wife during the COVID-19 pandemic since he is no longer working as a royal. The couple recently sent pizza, dates and meals to an organisation helping those who have been trafficked or trapped in sexual, or sexual exploitation. I'll let you decide whether he's doing that out of the goodness of his heart or it's some kind of PR stunt. Or oh, how dare I say such a thing? I'm certain he's doing it out of the goodness of his own heart. He has, of course, been extremely cooperative 
with the American law enforcement, hasn't he? Perhaps you could do a duck, duck, go search on just how cooperative he has been and make up for your own mind, because that's what we all, I'll always like to do on this show. I'm giving you mainstream online articles that I think the TV should cover more, but often doesn't. But what I do recommend is that you go and read the articles for yourself, not just the little bits that I'm reading out, or perhaps do a little search into, you know, cross-referencing other articles, see if there's any pattern that merges with other weirdness what I call red flag reality when something you go hmm and you just do a little double take that doesn't seem to make sense perhaps it makes sense if you look at things from other points of view and when you've got enough pieces of the puzzle perhaps the puzzle looks like a clearer picture to you and there's no better way to get a different perspective than to complete the jigsaw puzzle Speaking of publicity stunts, 21st of July, Vivian Westwood suspends herself 10 foot in the air outside, sorry, inside a giant bird cage outside the Old Bailey in Canary in the coal mine protest over the extradition of Julian Assange to the US. Westwood enacted metaphor of the Canary in the coal mine outside the Old Bailey. Using a megaphone, she hit out at governments gaming the legal system Assange, 48, is wanted in the US to face 17 charges under the Espionage Act. WikiLeaks editor is being held in London's maximum security Belmarsh prison. So I'll just give this opinion on the whole uh, Assange thing in general. It's, you know, there's a lot of angles to this and a lot of other aspects to it. But the two main things I think are clear are, one, nothing that Assange has said has been debunked, has it really? Uh, I think all his claims have held up, which is a hell of a lot better than mainstream news sources and the things that they report. Need I remind you, weapons of mass destruction, blah, 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 blah. 45 minutes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, not to mention all this uh, fear over the COVID. I, I think it's a real virus, but I don't think it's as bad as the media would have us suggest and government would have us believe. But that's just my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I am nothing more than a repeater of news. A news repeater monkey is what I like to call myself. But the second point I'd like to make about WikiLeaks is if we had the sort of... Actually, I watched a film, I think it was Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks the other day, called The Post, about when the Washington Post was fighting for the First Amendment, which is the Americans' right to free speech in the United States, and Nixon was trying to clamp down on them. Uh, over something that I think was uh, the McNamara report, at least that's what the film said. Um, I haven't researched this in real life. Who knows uh, what comes out of Hollywood these days? But I do know that there was a very interesting documentary that McNamara made, or, or at least I heard him narrate, called The Fog of War. And I believe he wrote a book on that subject. And it used to be on YouTube. I don't know if you can find it now. I remember covering it on my Beyond the News years ago, back in... Oh, when did I do that? About eight years ago now. And I remember a, a quote from that film, uh, that documentary, because it will remember me for staying with me forever, about the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which was when the uh, Americans decided to go to war. And he said it never happened. It was staged. So that's for years was called a conspiracy theory. And then I don't know about f 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, declassified. Yep. The conspiracy theorists were correct. 
it was a staged incident designed to drag America into the war. And then this film focused on the McNamara report, which had more or less said at the time, it's a load of nonsense, this war. You know, I'm uh, <clears throat> paraphrasing like a, a thousand page report there, but yeah, to just one sentence. So you can, you know, I've lost a degree of accuracy in that sort of translation. Lost in translation, as they would say. But my point is, if the mainstream media, we had that sort of mainstream media again, that would tell the truth no matter what, you know, the, the, the Washington Post from 50 years ago, then there would be no need for a WikiLeaks, would there? If the mainstream media was doing its job correctly, there would be no need for WikiLeaks. That's a statement I can have. Now, who knows what Assange did or didn't get up to. There's certainly all sorts of elements why government would want to uh, arrest him or there's motives there for some, you know, fitting him up. I'm not... I'm not a lawyer, am I? I don't know the situation. I don't know either of them. But I'm just saying that there would be an element of motive for security agencies around the world to go get this bloke. He's actually telling the truth. Hmm. So I th at first they did all the rape charges, didn't they? But I'm not certain they've stuck or anything. So that, that doesn't bode well in terms of confidence in governments, does it? You know, we're going to go really go down the line on all these assault charges. Oh, not really much now. Well, I'll get him for espionage then. One must consider where the security of the state and freedom to report the, shall we say, incompetencies of the state, or in perhaps in certain cases, alleged corruptions of the state. The I remember the post film saying it was the job of the mainstream media to check and keep in balance overreaches of government because it is in government's nature to go more, 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 more of your rights, more of your money. It doesn't ever go, oh, we're going to lower taxes, give you a nice big refund. We've done so efficiently well with your money this year. Here you go, here's a little dividend. We've, we've spent it and invested your taxpayer money wisely. Doesn't happen, does it? I mean, the Norwegians have their North Sea oil dividend, but generally it doesn't happen, does it? And these are the same government systems. Right, give us your pension money. Why? Well, we know how to invest it. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just look at us. Look at all the national debt that we've got into. At what point do you say, wow, I don't think those guys are as good with money as they claim to be. Or, option B, they're very good with money. They're just not working on our behalf. They're doing what someone else wants them to do. Someone else is making a load of money off of that. Leave it to your imagination to decide who that would be, if that's the case. Or perhaps they are just incompetent year after year after year after year. And the people that they seem to have these dinners with, bankers and the like, get richer and richer and richer and richer. It's all just incompetency. These people don't really know what they're doing. They're just putting their money on red or black and the roulette wheel keeps coming up. Black every time they put the money on black, and red every time you put the money on red. They're just lucky, I guess. Just fool's luck. Who knows? Up to you. But that was the point I wanted to make about Assange. Who knows what he did? I don't know. But there would be a motive there for government to create what I would call, or what many would call, a chilling effect. Not just to send a message to him to say, you shouldn't have done that, and we're going to make certainly don't do it again, but to send a message to everyone else to say, 
you don't want to end up like him. If the mainstream media ain't reporting it, you ain't reporting it, no matter who you are. Those are my thoughts on that. So going back to the article here, we've got Dame Vivian Westwood suspended herself in a giant birdcage outside the Old Bailey this morning to protest the extradition of Julian Assange to the US. The British fashion designer and businesswoman led a colourful band of protesters chanting Free Julian Assange outside the Old Bailey in central London. Suspended inside the cage, she said, Don't extradite Assange, it's a stitch-up. Using a megaphone outside the court this morning, she said, I am Julian Assange, I am the canary in the cage. If I die down the coal mine from poisonous gas, that's the signal for all the miners to leave. But I am half poisoned already from government corruption and gaming of the system and legal system by governments. I am still whistling away, but seven billion people don't know what the bleep. I made the bleep noise myself there. I don't know if uh, Bexhill online, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I don't I don't tend to swear anywhere in these you know who knows who's listening i think this program goes out 10 a.m and 11 p.m doesn't it so yeah there's a there's a motive there to keep it clean but uh yeah i'll just make the bleep noise i think you can figure out what that noise was assange 48 is wanted in the u.s to face 17 charges under the espionage act and conspiracy to commit computer intrusion under the publication of hundreds of thousands of classified documents in 2010 and 2011 so Sanchez is only 48. He looks bad for 48, but what would you expect with the way he's been treated? Horrifically, really. Yeah, not uh, regardless of what he's done, you know, you've got to make certain everyone... Isn't it the Geneva Convention or something? He is currently being held in London's maximum security Belmarsh prison while the court system tries to reschedule his extradition hearing, which was postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic. Dozens, of, I bet there's a few people around the world wishing he got that in prison, wouldn't you? Dozens of support, mind you, having said that, with, I believe it's a 99.7% success rate, so it probably wouldn't make that much of a difference. Dozens of supporters gathered around the white cage this morning, shouting slogans and calling for Assange's release. City of London police officers and security guards from the Old Bailey were on standby as the protest spilled onto the road. The protest ended late morning. Though the designer appeared on Good Morning Britain about her stunt that was designed by her son, Joe Corey. She said, I am a canary and canaries are whistleblowers. Julian is not exactly a whistleblower. He is the source of publishing whistleblower information. He did an amazing thing when he, in 2016, established WikiLeaks as a safe haven for whistleblowers. I would like to point out again that it has been verified. I don't think anything's been debunked. I think everything he's saying is true. So case does depend on whether it breached national security guidelines and you then have to have an oversight of what national security guidelines are because what happens if the oversight decides oh that's not going to give any soldiers positions away that's not going to put anyone's lives at risk or anything like that but it's incredibly embarrassing to our government and governments around the world it's not going to cost any lives or anything like that. all it's going to do is cost careers no hush that up and say it's national security there must be a procedure in place that stops that and it is my impression and you know if you've ever was it the Chilcot inquiry with uh, uh, Tony Blair's involvement in Iraq I mean it's quite clear that there are flaws in that and when you have flaws you're going to get people like this exposing those legitimate flaws and corruption of the system so I'm all f I, I'm a 
I don't know what's going on, but he's got to be treated right, and it smells like a stitch-up to me, but eh, what do I know? Those are my thoughts. So I'm just going to load up another article now for you. This one is about the Trump-Soleimani situation, which, good on Iran for doing that. I mean, again, you know, I don't get into the whole cult of personality thing, so... Uh, if Iran does something good, I say well, that's awful. If Iran does something bad, then uh, oh, sorry, <sighs> messed that up, haven't I? I was actually looking at how far I've been recording for twenty minutes. It's all a one-man band. Yeah, if he does something uh, good, then I'll say it. If he does something bad, then I'll say that as well and give you my opinion on them individually. So this is from the Independent. Uh, just waiting for it to load and also at the same time I'm hoping that it doesn't blast into an advert which I've managed to silence in place. So this is from the 29th of June. Do you remember that uh, Trump just, um, oh and there's a video that I have to pause otherwise it messes up the playing of the other adverts which it doesn't want to let me do now. Lovely. Uh, this makes a bad radio doesn't it? Right I'll just talk over it and hope that it doesn't crash any of the other articles. So, if you remember that Trump basically blew someone out of the sky, didn't he? With, um, yes, so the Tehran prosecutor, I'll just read the article and give my thoughts about it afterwards. An Iranian prosecutor said the country had issued an Interpol arrest warrant for United States President Donald Trump for his role in the assassination of a leading military commander earlier this year. The Tehran prosecutor, Ali Al-Ghazmir said the international red alert warrant included Mr. Trump and 35 others allegedly involved in the 3 January drone strike that killed General Qassam Soleimani, commander of Iran's clandestine overseas paramilitary force, the official Islamic Republic news agency reported on Monday. 36 people who were involved in the assassination of Haji Qassam were identified, including political and military officials from the United States and other governments, have been ordered by the judiciary to be given a red alert to Interpol. He was quoted by saying by IRNA. My thoughts on this are if he's the head of an agency which has officially declared war, and I have no idea if they have done this Iran's clandestine overseas paramilitary force I would have thought not otherwise Iran and US would be officially at war so I wouldn't have thought they've officially declared war so unless he's leading an army that you're officially at war with you need to have a trial to bump someone off don't you so you can find them guilty in their absence which I think happened to Martin Borman in the Nuremberg trials you know, if someone doesn't come forward, you can put them on trial and find them guilty in their absence. And then you can do it, bump them off legally, can't you? To, you know, if you were to go to send it to Iran, by the way, this guy, one of yours, we found him guilty. And uh, we're going to, you know, we're just giving you the heads up. We're not declaring war, but we found him guilty. And uh, if we see him, we're going to take him out. So, you know, do what you want with it. But we're not declaring war. We're just executing a sentence on someone we've given a trial to who chose not to come to a trial probably for quite obvious reasons mind you in covid days you'd be doing an online trial anyway wouldn't you 
everything's by the, you don't go in person anyway. So a socially distanced trial from Iran. So unless you do, what, what I'm saying is there needs to be some kind of law overseeing killing someone, doesn't there? Even if you are the president of the United States. And by the way, I'd like to point out that if you're going to do Trump for this, you've got to go and do pretty much the, all the American presidents. I mean, you've got Obama bombed loads of people, Yemen, Libya, all sorts. George Bush, definitely. So you'd have to, I mean, there's two right there over the last 20 years. You'd have to go back and do them as well for a variety of things. So I don't think it's just Trump here. But I do believe there has to be some, you can't just go, let's kill that bloke today. Why? Well, we said so. He's obviously bad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but where's your evidence? Well, we say he is. Intelligence reports. Now, you know, press the button and drone strike him from, you know, a thousand miles away. You can't have something like that. Otherwise, where does it end? Do you know what I mean? So I quite like what the Iranians have done there. They've gone, well, actually, we think that was illegal. I don't know whether it was. Who knows? I'm not saying there that there isn't this process. Someone could. Uh, we're actually looking to get a facility where people can email me stuff, and it's quite possible one of our listeners would be able to email me and go, "Actually, here's the court case. They did find him guilty. It was all above board. This is just showboating by Iran. It might be. I don't know. I just wanted to make the point: you can't just go around killing people because you say they're bad, and not expect some kind of legal consequence, even if you are the president of the United States, because otherwise, you know. All men are created equal, and all women, and all trans, and all that. I'm just using the phrase here. All, you know, all, we're all equal here. So you can't have one group going, "I'm more important than you, therefore I can kill whoever I want." That does not a free, fair, democratic society and make, especially not a just one. So I quite like what Iran's done there, based on the evidence that I have. But I'm totally open-minded to the fact that I may not have all the evidence. But I, I think I've waffled on enough about that. And, uh, giving you my thoughts on such things there. Uh, I also wanted to give a shout out uh, when we were talking about people contacting me, hopefully in the future if we can get the tech here at Bexhill Online and, well, more importantly, get my opportunity to use it. So I just wanted to bring up... Ah, that's nice, it's decided to not bring up the article that I wanted at all or it seems has not saved it in any single way that's that's nice um, bear with me then I'm going to bring up uh, another article for you in a moment and there we go talking about the tech of what we can't even get what we've got already <laughs> to work the way I wanted it so uh, who knows when we'll get the other such things. This is an article from the New York Post that I'm going to bring up for us now. Now, many months ago, it all went round the internet about these smirking kids. And it looks like the mainstream media heavily edited them to make them look really bad. And... It was all dismissed as a conspiracy. Oh, no, 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 they were bad. They're awful. They're Trump supporters. They must be terrible. Awful, awful people. Their kids are, oh, look at them, look at them smiling. Look at them happy. Oh, terrible people. But when you looked into it, 
it looked like they were the victims of some well bad editing to say the least at the time but of course all the mainstream media banded around that's a conspiracy theory and I saw a lot of people on my social media pages, especially on the comedy circle, going, oh, look at these, look at the, oh, look at they get everything, they deserve everything they get, these kids, look at the way they, well, people weren't really responding well to going, oh, well, I think they've been badly edited. No, that's a conspiracy theory. Well, it turns out, on the 24th of July, the Washington Post settles for 250 million suit with Covington team Nick Sandman. The Washington Post on Friday agreed to settle a monster 250 million lawsuit filed by Covington Catholic high school student Nick Sandman over its botched coverage of the 2019 encounter with a Native American elder. Botched. Interesting word. Sandman declared the victory in a tweet on his 18th birthday. There you go. Happy birthday. 250 million. God, if I could be badly edited. 250 million. Sign me up. It's unclear. Botched edited. I do. A, not badly. Botched. <laughs> botched coverage. It's unclear. It's even now. Even now. It's unclear how much. This is why I have to do the show. Because. Oh, yeah. Well, you see what the TV's like. It's unclear how much the newspaper settled for. I filed 250 million defamation lawsuit against Washington Post. Today I turned 18 and WAPO settled my lawsuit. Thanks to at Todd McCurtley and Ellen Wood for their advocacy. I imagine that's his lawyers. Thanks to my family and millions of you who have stood your ground by supporting me. I still have more to do, he continued. It's the team's second win in a whopping 800 million defamation battle against a number of news outlets, including the Washington Post, CNN, ABC, CBS, The Guardian, Hill and NBC. Did they all botch it as well then? Was it a mass botching? Hmm, or was it the C word? A collusion. A collusion to hide the truth is a conspiracy. Oh, it's just botched, though. Just botched. CNN agreed to settle with Salmon in January this year as part of a separate 275 million claim. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he really is smiling now, isn't he, this kid? <laughs> Salmon and a group of his Covington classmates were vilified on social media. That's what I saw after they were filmed wearing Make America Great Again hats after an anti-abortion rally while being yelled at by demonstrators. Again, I'm not taking any uh, sides with the whole uh, abortion issue. I'm not going to go into that uh, road there. Uh, I'm just uh, I wanted to cover this from the article that the fact that the mainstream news botches things, shall we say, and it seems to botch things en masse and all seems to botch it in the same way for and the victim of it is often the truth isn't it but there you go again forgive me there so i'm just talking about people emailing in and things uh, a second ago so if anyone's got articles or anyone goes actually jim you've missed that bit out um then that's fine uh, anyone that's go oh, blah blah i don't like it don't, you're dismissed immediately i like sources so if someone goes you're wrong here's a source why i'll read that but if I, you get some kind of long essay because that's invariably what negative uh, comments are like negative people very rarely are succinct or precise it's like a form of therapy for them to write that email of hatred letter of complaint i'm not saying all people like that some people might have legitimate complaints i'm not perfect but you know the sort the job's worth. Those that are more interested in controlling the speech of others than controlling 
the emotions of themselves. It's always a long letter. And it's never anything positive, like a crap sandwich, you know, where you have a positive and negative and then a positive. It's just a blurting out of negativity with no sources. I don't tend to read those. Um, I've moved beyond such things. You've got to be pretty thick-skinned to be a comedian and podcaster, so I always take on board contrary sources, but I'm not really that fussed about the venting of online hatred in today's world. There's a lot of it, and you know, if it's from someone I don't know, it doesn't really interest me, but I do like the odd occasional bit of positive feedback, which is nice. So this is a shout-out to uh, Michelle, who was listening to me earlier on in the week and I'll read out what she has said listening to Jim Grant on Bexhill online nice one Jim very interesting and thought-provoking so thank you very much I like to think that I do provoke certain thoughts <laughs> hopefully good ones or ones things that make you go hmm that's what I like to try and put this show in hmm what's going on there so our next article here tonight is from The Times. And bear with me while this one loads up. Oh, internal server error. I'm getting it all today. So our next article is from the aforementioned Washington Post who just lost that 250 million suit. And I can't bring up this article either because they're asking for money. Probably because they've just lost that 250 million. If I'd just lost 250 million, I'd be holding my hand out too. I should get a Patreon page, really, <coughs> at some point. Hope I don't uh, botch any coverage of someone and end up paying 250 million quid. <coughs> well, or Bexel Online does. <laughs> so. Something away from politics now, a little bit of something different. This is Wednesday the 22nd of July. This article was by David Keyes, and it's from The Independent. Human reached the Americas 11,000 years earlier than previously thought. Archaeologists discover landmark, landmark find. I've got to have the joy of the advert loading to mess up the headline. Landmark find rewrites world's prehistory as it is currently known. An extraordinary new archaeological discovery has revealed that humans arrived in the Americas at least 11,000 years earlier than previously thought, rewriting the human story of the continent and dramatically changing our understanding of world prehistory. The find in central Mexico indicates the continent was first colonised at some stage prior to 30,000 BC. Until now, the earliest proven colonisation had been dated to around 19,000 BC, meaning the America's human story is at least 50% longer than previously thought. The new research reveals that very early Native Americans were living in Mexico and presumably also in parts of the rest of North America, from at least 30,000 BC onwards. The discovery in a remote cave in the state of Zact 8 Cass, I've probably butchered that name, regular listeners will know I do that all the time, central Mexico is of huge international importance and represents one of the most significant archaeological finds anywhere in the world in recent 
decades. Very lengthy and thorough excavations within the cave have yielded almost 2,000 stone artefacts dating from between 30,000 BC and 11,000 BC, of which around a dozen date from between 30,000 and 24,000, the very earliest chronological phase of the site. These dozen early artefacts include a very small number of stone projectile points, probably used as spearheads, and some stone flakes generated during tool-making activities. The later artefacts, stone knife scrapers, adzes, blaze and burins. Yeah, you can go on and read it for yourself there. It goes on to a list of things now. So I know that they've uh, had that discovery down at, again, I hope I don't butcher the name, Galepi Tepe or something. If you want to know more about how mainstream history and archaeology may not be as accurate as it would have you believe you can go, always go and listen to the work of dr graham hancock or listen to his interviews that he's done on the joe rogan podcast he's done some with a, another gentleman as well who's i believe another expert looking at something to do with meteorites or glacier levels or something i forget now randall someone uh, but have a listen to those you can go and find them on youtube fascinating documentaries about what our ancestors were up to there. So if that kind of thing interests you, Dr. Graham Hancock, check him out on the Joe Rogan podcast. He has, of course, one uh, written a number of best-selling books as well, Chariots of the Gods, I think, Magicians of the Gods, I think. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. I'm going from memory there. But a very interesting author. I've been following him from the 1990s. He will occasionally pop up on those whole ancient alien things as well, but... He has a different theory to what that programme would have you believe I do often think. But who knows? Go and see for yourself. Maybe he has the same. All about asking more questions and answers on this show. And if you're interested on what you would call mainstream archaeology perhaps being missing a few things. Excuse me, I'll take a sip of water. There's... A very interesting television series called The Curse of Oak Island. So it's did Europeans find the North Americas before 1492, like we're led to believe with Columbus? And they look into the fact that maybe the Vikings did it, maybe the Knights Templars did it. They certainly do find some signs of the Knights Templar being there. And this begs the question what were they doing there and they do believe that they were burying some sort of treasure and is it still there was it there in the first place there's certainly a lot of things curse of oak island it's definitely a documentary reality it's the only reality tv series that i can bring myself to watch it's fun and interesting and one of the best things i've uh, seen on television i do believe it's also made by the same ancient aliens people i think so there you go if you want to know more about mainstream history with a few things, little twists, then you could do worse than Dr. Graham Hancock and the Curse of Oak Island. On other forms of breakthroughs here, we've got the Independent. This is July the 21st. Solar energy breakthrough creates electricity from invisible light. So before we begin this, Visible light is a very small part of the whole light spectrum thing. There's a lot more of the spectrum that we don't see than we do see. I think the estimations vary, but it's 
something around 90% unseen, I do believe. So that's worth bearing in mind. Two major breakthroughs in solar cell technology could vastly improve the way energy is harvested from the sun. Now, if you listen to my cruise podcast that's uh, come out, and you can listen to that by, again, that will be if you go to Jim Grant Comedy on my Facebook page or Beyond the News Facebook page, you'll have links to the videos there. Now, the Facebook page is called Cruise, C-R-E-W-S, but it can be difficult to find because the word cruise crops up quite a lot in uh, social media but you can there's not so many Jim Grant comedies and not so many beyond the news so you can find them there and then it will have the cruise page you can link back to it there and find it that way but there was an interesting article about some sort of alien cube this is from the express by the way it sounds weird but I suppose the express isn't the most uh, respected of uh, the newspapers is it not least of which they always seem to predict them Massive frost and snow coming this year. Maybe one in ten years it does. <laughs> if you predict a massive winter every year, then uh, sooner or later you'll be right, I suppose. Look, we were right. But anyway, I digress. They said that there was this cube type thing that NASA had released these photos of, and NASA didn't seem to come forward with an explanation for it. They just said, yeah, here you go, there you go, have a look at that. And yeah, it's. It, <laughs> Mother Nature doesn't make right angles, does it? So who knows what that was? Uh, it comes from NASA, so I presume it wasn't photoshopped or anything. But yeah, that the theory was this thing seems to be harvesting energy from the sun, this cube type thing. So yeah, just a little dovetail into this article. The two studies published in Nature Energy and Nature Photonics will transform the efficiency and significantly reduce the cost of producing solar cells, scientists say. There you go, say that. Solar cell scientists say. The first breakthrough involves up-converting low-energy, non-visible light into high-energy light in order to generate more electricity from the amount of sunlight. If, did you follow that? If not, go read the article for yourself. They'll be on the Beyond the News Facebook page. Researchers at RMIT University and UNSW University in Australia and the University of Kentucky in the US discovered that oxygen could be transferred to could, sorry could be used to transfer low energy light into molecules that can be converted into electricity. The energy from the sun is not just visible light. The spectrum is broad, including infrared light, which gives us heat, and ultraviolet light, which can burn our skin. Most solar cells are made from silicon, which cannot respond to light less energetic than near infrared. This means that some parts of the light spectrum are going unused by many of our current devices and technology. The technique involves using tiny semiconductors known as quantum dots to absorb the low energy light and turn it into visible light. Basically, as I said, there's a whole spectrum of this. We can only see about 10% of it, I think. Uh, those are going off the top of my head of that. So they're learning to pick out and get energy from the other parts of the spectrum, effectively making it a lot more efficient. So that, that's nice, isn't it? Speaking of efficiency, was it efficient to shut down our economy for the coronavirus? There's an article here from The Telegraph that perhaps thinks that we should have gone down the Swedish model, which I do believe they had less deaths per capita and... Well, 
they didn't lock down, did they? So they're not going to have any of the uh, economic problems that we've got. There will, of course, be global economic problems from supply lines, shortages, that kind of stuff from the countries that did lock down. We're in that global economy now. But anyway, I'll let read the article out from the Telegraph and you can, or at least what I can before the paywall comes up. So this is an article from the 19th of July, Sarah Napton, the Telegraph science editor. Lockdown may cost 200,000 lives, government report shows. Research shines a light on the reasons why government has been keen to lift lockdown in spite of experts warning that it claimed it happened too soon. So, 200,000 from lockdown deaths. How many from coronavirus deaths? But that's a projection and we all know what the projections of non-lockdown deaths look like, don't they? Oh, Professor Pantsdown and his half a million to, you know, dead and all that kind of stuff. So be wary of projections one way or the other. I think that's the the moral of the story here. But it's worth noting, isn't it, that, you know, this lockdown, it's not like there isn't going to be some things that come out of that that are bad. So worth bearing that in mind. Our next article is is good. Uh, Missouri AG removes moves to dismiss charges against couple who pointed guns at crowd. Mm. You see, I saw the original footage. These people were scared. Uh, loads of people came onto their private property. Uh, the Black Lives Matter people. They've seen. You know, people have been killed by those people. Again, I'm you know I'm not getting weighing into the whole George Floyd thing. What I'm saying is, the Americans have a Second Amendment. So they have a right to defend their property with guns. They didn't fire at anyone. People came onto their property. They pointed the guns off to, you know, say, don't loot us. I don't have a problem with that. The brief supporting the dismissal says the right to use firearm to defend one person's family, home and property has deep roots in Missouri law. Deep roots in American law, I believe. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt on Monday moved to dismiss charges brought by St. Louis' top prosecutor against a couple who pointed guns at a crowd marching to the mayor's home last month, Fox News has learned. So I quite like that. Uh, I thought at the time that would be dropped because, you know, very different laws in America and you're allowed to defend your own home if you see a load of people no matter what colour they are look you know peaceful protest is one thing but looting and uh, you know they've shot certain people haven't they so whether or not and again that doesn't characterise all the Black Lives Matter people do they they do many of them are very peaceful many of them have a point but I think this couple had a point as well and they pointed them at <laughs> pointed them at the people and it seems that that was law and just and yeah I'm a I'm an Englishman's home is his castle an American's home is their castle kind of guy and all's well that ends well because no one got shot in the end so our next article from is from the Sun newspaper here uh, not being harvested by alien cubes finders keepers volunteer litter picker finds ancient roman coin while clearing fly-tipped car park that's a nice feel-good story someone doing a good deed good good got got a nice little payoff with a roman coin there that's nice isn't it good they say no good deed goes unrewarded so yeah there's his, i like that this is from the 20th of july andy jaring and it's the sun a volunteer litter picker found an ancient Roman coin while clearing a fly-tipped car park. Chris Lyon, 27, 
thought the silver piece was a euro or Spanish peseta. Oh, it's a good nick of it, Roman. There's a picture of it. But after cleaning it up and f some online research, he found that it was from the age of Emperor Gordian III, who ruled England around 240 AD. Chris said it wasn't even buried. It was just half in the ground. That's fairly well conditioned considering it wasn't buried in it. So, yeah, there's got to be a story on that. The coin found at Carmel Dam, Merseyside, is worth around £45. But Chris of nearby St Helens said he will keep it. Chris said it looked like a big 5p and it wasn't even buried. It was just half in the ground. I'd have thought it would be worth more than 45 quid. You can't imagine there'd be that many of them that survived for almost 2,000 years. I'd have thought you'd have got more than 45 quid for that. But there you go. I'm no expert on these things. When you probably work out all the hours that he's done cleaning up, it probably works out less than minimum wage, I'd have thought. But he's doing it for the good of it. A good guy, isn't it? A good guy got, got something nice. And we're going to stay on the science theme here while I load up our next article. This article is from the BBC. And bear with me here. Increase car taxes to help climate, advisers say, 25th of June 2020. Car taxes should be increased to help fund the battle against climate change, government advisers say. They say ministers should bring the date forward for ending sales of new conventional cars from 2035 to 2032. <sighs> that was what kicked off the yellow vest movement. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not convinced that a man's role that he plays in climate change yet climate change is real climate's always changed you know hence we had an ice age and everything but the taxation and other such things uh can our economy really do with that right now and people go oh it's just putting money in front of the environment there are many sensible ways that you could improve the environment overfishing you know the radiation coming out of fukushima plastics in the ocean Let's move to renewable energy. You know, you don't even have to believe. I, I'm a big believer in renewable energy, by the way. But I don't have to be on the man-made climate. That's why I can always get on with the Greens. I've got no problem with them. It, just because I disagree with them on the um, on the cause doesn't mean I disagree with them on the solution. So I don't want to see fracking and I want to see renewable energy sources. They can believe that it's because of climate change if they want. I believe we should get rid of our dependency on other foreign oil so we might not have another Iraq on our hands. Either way, the result's the same. Let's get that quality, efficient, renewable energy. Let's move to it. Let's, you know, let's harness the powers of the oceans, the wind and the sun. I think it's a great idea. I just don't believe in man-made climate change, but it doesn't matter because, it, you know, don't you don't need a tax for that. Let's innovate. Create, don't taxate. That's... You know, that's where I'm at with it. And in that way, you don't have to pass any laws, do you? You can just, well, other than planning permission, I suppose, to get those big old windmills built. So our next article here is from Reuters, 23rd of June. Top German court reimposes data curbs on Facebook. And this is from the German branch of Reuters. Facebook must comply with an order by Germany's antitrust watchdog to curb data collection from users. A top German court ruled on Tuesday. I'm just going to make certain we're still uh, recording. Hold on, while I just 
bring some uh, windows down here. Yeah, it looks... Well, you know I'm recording, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to it. But I don't. In a setback for the US social network company that could set a wider precedent, the federal court stay order, which suspends a decision by a lower court, backs the federal cartel's office's view that Facebook abused its market dominance to gather information about users without their consent. Now, this is a German story, but do you think that Facebook went only do it to the Germans? Or do you think that it wasn't just to the Germans? And that's what this, you know, that's why I do these show kind of things. Another piece of the puzzle you might not get. This might not be a case that's ruled in Britain. But do you think it's happening in Britain? It's a piece of the puzzle. And that's what I like to do here on Beyond the News here at Bexhill Online. Lead judge Peter Meyerbeck, explaining the decision, said that there was no serious doubt that Facebook had a dominant market position in Germany, nor that it had abused terms and conditions banned by the cartel office. So is it possible that Germany is the only country that has a cartel office? I don't know. If so, why? Facebook must give users the choice. Why don't we have one in this country? And if we do, what's their position on this story? Are Facebook not doing it here? Or do we allow them? Or do we not have anyone to pull them up on it? I don't know. More questions than answers, but here's the article. Facebook must give users the choice to reveal less about themselves. Above all, what they reveal outside of Facebook, Maya Becker said. Welcoming the ruling, Cartel Office President Andreas Munt said it showed that if data are collected and exploited illegally, it should be possible to take antitrust action to prevent the abuse of market power. Facebook said the ruling did not relate directly to appeal proceedings which continue. We will continue to defend our position that there is no antitrust abuse, Facebook said. There will be no immediate changes for people or businesses who use our products and services in Germany. Legal experts said the ruling could have wider ramifications because Germany is the first country to explore whether data dominance is an antitrust issue. So watch this space there. Just a little uh, heads up. Of course, we all remember the uh, Cambridge Analytica incident as well. So we know this stuff's going on. So Facebook user beware. I say that knowing full well that I'm on there. I'm just... Is that something that, you know, I'm not a big fan of... I mean, people do what they want. It's their kids. But I don't... I, if I, I wouldn't put pictures of my kids if I had them on Facebook. I wouldn't do it. Because you know what it's like when you're a youngster... And, you know, we're from the age of before Facebook and the relatives bring out all the baby pictures. Oh, this is what you look like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you you get all, you know, embarrassed and all that kind of stuff. And you kind of wish that they hadn't. Well, in today's world, that 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 photo album is Facebook, isn't it? It's never had an option to not be on there. So you're you're constantly projecting your kids baby pictures of the world they're never going to have a choice about whether they had their image put all over the internet because it was there from birth you've got all the facial recognition software you've got that software which can quite accurately be able to uh, predict how people age and all that kind of stuff so I, being the libertarian in me i like to make my own choices and everything like that and if i had kids i'd let them make them make their own choices on whether they went onto social media and wanted their images plastered all over the world that would be for them to decide i think and 
that's why I wouldn't put pictures of them and you know I wouldn't want to get that whole but I don't judge anyone that does they're just my own little personal thoughts on that there so our final article of the evening is Microsoft to close nearly all of its stores permanently this is um, I think a month or so old this story I can't get a date on it Microsoft will close nearly all of its stores it said physical stores that are based across the world will be shut and the staff who worked in them will instead work either remotely or in Microsoft's corporate facilities it said maybe they'll just shut down and then they'll reopen and restart uh, a couple of seconds later who knows the company opened the first, just like all the laptops seem to need to do in order to work. The company opened the first of its modern retail stores in 2009, around the time of the launch of Windows 7. Since then, it has opened more than 100 of the shops, using them not only to sell products, but as ways of promoting both its software and its hardware. So, was it COVID that did that? I really wanted to get a date on this. I'm pretty certain I found the article about a month ago, but that doesn't necessarily, because, you know, social media, sometimes they do the rounds, don't they? So I'm not sure on the date of that. But I... COVID, maybe? Or, you know, Bill Gates smiling like a psycho when he's, you know, talking about people dying and second waves coming back. Maybe people have... And people going, well, why do you need to tell us you have multiple doses of this vaccine that you haven't even made yet but you're telling them that it's safe when you don't even know what it is and you know where's your medical qualifications anyway maybe people are <laughs> at least the fact that i used to use microsoft and <laughs> never again <laughs> that's just my own personal opinion anyway so thus concludes the fourth installment of beyond the news here on bexhill online i'm very grateful that you've joined us and listened to it and hopefully in episodes to come I'll be able to get your feedback in the meantime you can always go to our Facebook page or just you know if you're my friend on Facebook tag it in like Michelle did always very welcome to read out your comments we'll do it live on air or at least live on air as Bexhill would be twice a day for the next week or so kind of live when it was recorded it's kind of like when you you know I dig up vegetables and they're nice and fresh and then you freeze them are they fresh when you defrost them well they were fresh when they were frozen weren't they I don't know it was live when it was recorded thank you for joining us and hopefully you'll be joining us again cheers <laughs>